This is Diaries of a Sensitive Soul. My name is Rachel Kelly. Welcome to my podcast. As a highly sensitive person, knowing there's so many others out there just like me, I wanted to create this podcast as a safe place to express myself and connect with others as I explore and share topics that many of us stay silent around. As a trauma-informed coach and narcissistic abuse specialist, you can expect both personal stories and educational insights along the way. My hope is that by hearing the raw and vulnerable parts of my life, you can remind yourself that you're never alone in yours. Hello and welcome to another episode of Diaries of a Sensitive Soul. And in this episode... I'm actually going to be reading out to you a journal entry from a time of the ending after my last narcissistic uh, relationship. And I'm going to be reading this directly from this Google document that I've just found. And I'm so happy that I found because I realized there's so much in our journals, our our documentation of the past. Every time I've read back on journals or I've read old scribblings or old things that I've just written down or listened back to old voice notes of reflection, I'm always like, wow, like this has so much in it because usually when we're writing these things, we're, we're coming from a real emotional place when everything is raw and real. And this is going to be the first time that I share some of this stuff. Um, it's also going to be the first time that I actually read directly from a journal entry. So we'll see how this goes. But honestly, like I, wow, it's like, brought up so many emotions in me actually just reading this and I've just sat and it's it's taken a while to read through so I'm not sure how long this is going to take to share um so for some context the journal entry it was documented journal blog book and I remember actually writing this down and I wanted to share it on Instagram I think it was um yeah I wanted to share it somewhere actually I just didn't have a space to share it and then before I knew it the document is six pages long and so of course this thing that was probably starting out as one post I realized there was so much in him and I've never shared this with anybody and I remember writing it and I remember re I remember writing it all down and it felt really healing to just release all of that onto the the paper onto the document but I also felt a lot of shame I remember reading it back and was like so closed off I remember my chest tightening at the thought of anyone else even reading this like I was so embarrassed and I was I was so full of shame that this experience had happened to me but I also knew that this needed to be expressed for my own healing and and obviously at some point uh, to be shared with others. So back in 2020, um, no, it was back in 2021 was when my last relationship ended. So two years ago now. Um, And this was the point, the pivotal point where I decided to complete 
a trauma-informed coaching certification and a program to become a narcissistic abuse specialist. And really, that was driven by my own experiences in relationships, not just this one, but previous ones as well. And so this relationship I had been in for the previous year, um, and I recognized I was in a relationship with a narcissist. And so there's going to there's going to be some things in here that may bring some questions for any of you listening. If anyone has, you know, if you've had an experience like this yourself, um, I'm sure. But I, I wanted to share the real raw truth of my experience. Um, and I'm going to just read out to you exactly from this journal entry that I wrote. And hopefully... There will be something in here if you're going through something similar or know someone that is. That'll make you realize that you're not alone. You're not crazy. And there is hope uh, and possibilities to leave, if that's your choice, the relationship, and to heal. So I'm going to begin. It starts... Today, I feel sad, frustrated, swirling thoughts. I can't stop thinking about it all. Mixed emotions, conflicting, punishing myself for having not known better. Comforting my inner child who was seeking the love and validation that she never got. I walked out of one narcissistic relationship straight into another. Literally, three months after I found out my ex was living a double life with his other girlfriend in a city up north, I got swooped in by another. I'm just going to stop this here. Full context. This relationship that I spoke of was another one that had happened again just previous to the one that I am going to discuss now. So, back to the journal. Yes, I was vulnerable. I was in the peak of chronic depersonalization disorder from an ayahuasca injury that had just happened, suffering with intense anxiety and feeling unsafe in the world. I didn't think for once that my luck could have meant landing another narcissistic relationship. This isn't a poor me, but a preface for the reality of the situation. Disclaimer. I don't use the N word lightly. I have since done a lot of research and training to understand the extent of narcissistic behavior. As with most things, it's on a spectrum. The label isn't necessarily the important thing here, but what is, is the awareness of the emotional manipulation and abuse that comes with this personality disorder. The difference was, I didn't care too much for the first. It was hurtful and damaging, but I knew my self-worth and went no contact with this guy immediately after finding out about his double life. This time, though, this relationship, I was sold the dream, the future, the happily ever after. I was lured in to the trap by the intensity of the love bombing. He swooped in and he created a fake version of himself. He listened to me, asked me all the questions, finding out all that he could about me. 
He was insistent on finding out about all the past traumas and he latched onto that. And he spent hours on the phone with me, texting me all day, every day. He wanted to find out as much as he could about me. He even dedicated his birthday to a three-hour coaching call where he found out about my life, my visions, and my plans for the next 10 years. And inside those plans, he stuck himself right in there. He spent these three hours, he wrote out the goals and the visions of my relationship and our future together. He even sent them over to me, adding his name into any part that he could. Five-year goal, married to ex with three kids. I felt slightly uncomfortable, but I ignored that because mostly I was like, oh, how cute. I knew it was intense, but I didn't mind because I was quite avoidant at the start and unattached to the outcome. He created the fantasy in our minds of a perfect future, instilling how perfect it would look into my mind within every conversation. He found out every part about my personality and dug into my past. He'd even did a values test on me just so he could match this exact same as mine. That's how it went. We bonded over how similar we were. We had the same love of luxury, nice holidays, visions of beautiful houses, and just how similar we were in terms of the things that we wanted. It seemed like a match made in heaven. We even had very similar birth charts, both being a Taurus sun and Virgo rising. We were both emotional authorities in our human design and we even had the exact same love languages. He opened up to me. He told me about his shortcomings and his vulnerabilities. He told me all of his skeletons were out of the closet and freely disclosed such details of his past without me even asking questions. He shared about having lots of money, then how he lost it all, and just openly talked about all of his debts, sharing even more about how he became suicidal and his depressed moments where he wanted to end it all. I heard it all, and we bonded over the trauma. I saw something in him that I saw within myself. I just didn't realize at the time. I felt like I could give him all the love he needed to be happy and heal. And I knew I was vulnerable, but I did not for a moment think that this information was being fed to me purposely to lure me in into a false sense of security. The funny thing is, I knew he had an ego. We met two years previously and we went on a date. I was immediately put off by his arrogance, so I cut things off. But it felt different this time around. He said he had changed and done a lot of work on himself I was skeptical, but I did begin to see a more vulnerable side to him when we met again at the start of the pandemic. Conversations were less about him and more about me. I thought I was being listened to for him to understand me, but I was being listened to so that he could gather up all the information about me to respond accordingly and show us just how perfectly matched we were. He was consistent for at least three to four months after we went on our first date. Second first date in brackets. We became official and he told me he loved me. It didn't feel too soon because it was passionate and, and intense, a pattern that had been all too familiar in my past relationships. I felt kind of awkward and I wasn't sure if I wanted to reciprocate it back, but then after a few weeks, I said it anyway. It was as if that was the final piece of confirmation that he needed that he was in the safe zone. That next week, his behavior already began to change. He thought he had me. That was it. Now the veil could be lifted. Silent car journeys and dinners, empty stairs, the blank face, surface level conversations. It all started to reveal itself. 
Anything that interested me was shut down. My bids for connection were met with resistance. There were no questions or curiosity when I shared about my day or anything that I was excited about, let alone if I mentioned something that had been upsetting for me. That was straight away dismissed, like my feelings didn't matter. The whole dynamic had shifted within an instant. The next thing was sex. It stopped. No physical attention and a resistance to intimacy. And of course, I suddenly started to question it all. What has happened? I went inwards and reflected on what I was doing wrong. Is he not attracted to me anymore? Every time I tried to initiate something, he would tell me that I didn't try hard enough. He would say he didn't realize that I was initiating. I later realized that he was intentionally doing this as a manipulation tactic. Every time I expressed how it made me feel, when he showed no interest, it was my fault and I was needy. I continued to question what I was doing. Was I doing this wrong? Every time I openly communicated with him about what I wanted, he looked at me blankly and we would just go around in circles and I was confused as hell. Then I uncovered his porn addiction, which is not uncommon for these kind of personality types. And he had no desire to try to stop for the sake of deepening our intimacy. Three months into the relationship, he told me that he loved me being needy. I actually think he meant affectionate, but now he's calling me needy as an insult for wanting to be affectionate. I believed him momentarily. I was confused, but I believed I could be the one that was at fault here. His responses were so matter of fact that there was no room for discussion that it had to have been me that was the problem. I began listening to podcasts to find out more about relationships and my attachment style. I even got him to do a quiz on his own attachment style to work out what was going on. I was just trying to understand why I felt so neglected and why this dynamic had shifted so much. Was it wrong to want affection and intimacy with my partner? Am I wanting too much? Am I anxiously attached? I must be the problem. I began thinking that past abandonment wounds hadn't healed. I felt confused and considered that I had to go back and do more work on myself. It all became about me. I bought two online courses and started doing my own work on attachment and healing. Meanwhile, my bids for connection were continually ignored. He couldn't take any feedback or responsibility and it was always my fault for expressing how I felt. One evening, after about five months, I decided to play a game with hypothetical questions, this or that. This was a game we'd played before. But in hindsight, I'm pretty sure now that one of his responses was carefully curated to get a reaction out of me. In the hypotheticals that would never obviously happen in brackets, he told me that he would choose his business and his work over me any day. This response was in, said in such a callous but blasé way, and it was the first time I remember not hiding my reaction in fear of how he would react. So I shared that I felt upset that I came second, but what really hurt was the way that he communicated it with me. Taking a moment out of the journal now. To clarify this, as I read back and as I reflected back on this, part of me came, part of me in this moment that read this journal part was like, that's a really funny game to play. And 
that's a really funny question to ask. And I can see the intention behind my question was because I was feeling insecure in this relationship. And because of this, the patterns and things like that, like, why would I ask him if he would choose his business over me? Because if I'm looking at that from a secure place, from my mind now, how that see, how I would see that is, of course, I would want you to choose what you're passionate about. You know, I'm happy that you would choose that first and focus on yourself. Um, so that's just a reflection of like where my intentions was and how I could see exactly the place that I was in when we were going through these questions. And I remember there were many silly questions when we'd played it before. And I think he had also said something, uh, in a really funny way, but I'm just reflecting on that in that moment. So back to the journal. In that moment, I began to realize his common stonewalling response to me sharing my emotions. He would say, I knew you'd react like this. That's why I didn't want to answer, but you forced me to, and now I'm the bad one. He didn't understand why I was upset. He didn't even, in fact, care to listen to why I was upset. His response was to turn his back on me and say, now you're going to hold this onto this for ages and ruin the evening, aren't you? We got ourselves into many of these situations and I was constantly confused. I just couldn't understand how someone who had such deep understanding and curiosity about me and my life when we'd met had just shut down and become so distant and so careless. Anytime conversations became difficult or I expressed an emotion, the conversation was diverted. I felt so unseen and unheard. I was reminded of past emotional triggers and hated that my boyfriend's actions contributed to this reminder. One thing I want to mention here is that I'm constantly doing the deep inner work to heal myself and my emotional triggers and past childhood wounds. And I'm learning not to take things personally. I'm working on owning my differences, my autonomy and overcoming beliefs that have kept me small and breaking down conditioning that society or parents have passed on to me. I do this work for myself and I'm committed to this journey of spiritual and personal growth. An example of things I've been working on the past few years are overcoming self-doubt whenever I share a truth and it was misunderstood. I'm committed to continuously choosing authenticity and true expression of my needs and what I believe in and really accepting the fact that emotional triggers are personal work. This meant that through discernment of what was happening, I would reaffirm to myself that things aren't personal. I would pull myself out of the situation and tell myself, it's not about me, it's about them. This happened over and over and over again. It added to my pain and confusion because deep down it felt painful to be dismissed in this way. But I tried to rationalize that it wasn't ever personal. There was a huge cognitive dissonance. And this was the confusing part in all of this. Discerning if the relationship is worth fighting for between knowing one that is emotionally abusive. My love was deepening, but why did I feel like he was slipping away? I questioned why I was sticking around. I was waiting for that masked version of him to reappear, and now I was attached to the false promises and the highs that came after the low blows. Christmas and New Year came around and I remember feeling like the honeymoon period was coming to an end. His enthusiasm for me and life just seemed to go, but my love and excitement remained. I began to accept that the relation that relationships take work, that it can't be rainbows, unicorns all of the time. 
that all relationships must go through all of these stages. But if I'm completely honest, I didn't actually have a good relationship to model this on. And I certainly at this point hadn't recognized the signs of emotional manipulation and abuse. I thought that because he was often quiet and vacant, he couldn't have been emotionally abusive. So I completely overlooked the gaslighting of my emotions and the rejection of my own thoughts, beliefs and feelings, which became constant over the next part of the year. We talked about our plans to move out together. He was full of ideas, new business ventures and land development plans. But I began to notice a pattern. Most things were only ever ideas. They never seemed to materialize. The way he spoke about money as if he were entitled to it, as if it would just land in his lap whenever he needed it. It became something I was cautious of. He said he could just borrow two million pounds just like that to build a big development for us. I was excited about the plan, but I made him explain in elaborate detail for me to understand exactly how it would be possible. I'm a dreamer, but I'm also very practical. I still didn't understand by the end, but he seemed so convinced of just how easy and quickly it would all happen. I since realized that these empty promises became a consistent pattern in the relationship, that this was one of the more trivial ones, but in the times that it mattered the most, like after a disagreement when he said he would try and change his ways to consider my needs, were the things that gave me hope to cling on to. In January, there was a turning point in our relationship. I was borrowing his laptop after mine had broken. He had everything on there. He was logged into every social media account, emails, apps, you name it. Surely this was all the transparency you would ever need if there were ever any doubts. Well, late one Tuesday night, he had gone home from mine and I received a notification through Instagram. It was a message from someone I didn't know. I went into the chat and I realized that he had been talking to this girl for quite some time. The messages I had opened this Tuesday night were voice notes forwards and backwards from the same night after he'd left my house, complimenting her and flirting with her very inappropriately. I was left in a complete state of shock. Why would he do this? We've been together for under a year. Is he bored already? And why is he telling her the same things that he told me when we started dating? The pain. Oh my gosh. I literally went into such a bad shock. It triggered anxiety all over again. I needed help. And that was the end of that part of the journal. And I basically relived this in some ways or another when I reread this back. Um, so to kind of finish up that story without, because I haven't wrote the next part, um, what happened from this point was that we, uh, we stayed together. Um, I was still extremely, extremely confused. Um, and things were never really right from this January until uh, till June. So I gave it a solid five months of talking myself around all of this behavior, trying to understand and trying to fix it. But the pain of that was so hard, actually. The pain of like that betrayal, like just was something I couldn't get over. And... 
I think my intuition was really yelling out to me, like, there was a reason I saw these messages. There was a reason that this feels so terrible for you because this is not right for you. And I guess I needed to have this experience to go on to do all the other further healing that I had. But between that January and June, there was many, many other things that were happening. Um, there were many more red flags, some that I picked up on, some that I kind of let fly kind of under the radar. Um, but yeah, I basically, um, was going through a lot during this time, continuing to heal, um, after with the depersonalization from my ayahuasca journey. And every time, you know, these things happened, um, in this relationship, I was kind of, uh, so activated and it was really, uh, dysregulating for me to be in such an unsafe dynamic, but at the time it was like, yeah, there, there's so, there's so many, um, kind of different patterns and things that had happened in this, but I wanted to share this as just a real, real, um, sit like a real experience for me of what, what happened. Um, because I know at the time when I shared brief bits around some parts of this relationship, um, there was, there was some people that, uh, there was many people that could relate and I guess sharing these stories, especially after coming out of a narcissistic relationship, um, can be really healing for people to know you're not alone, for other people to have the same experiences. And it's like, wow, like when I shared this story, I shared it with somebody else, uh, certain parts of this. And I shared it with someone who had also had interactions with my ex and had some similar experiences. And it was so validating for me to, to hear that back at that moment in time in my healing, because, um, that's what you want to hear when when there's a lot of manipulation that comes from a narcissistic uh relationship it confuses the hell out of you like your brain your nervous system is just like what the hell is happening here and everything is confusing the gaslighting the the tactics that you don't know as manipulation and you question life you question the relationship you question yourself and so yeah, it can be really great in that way to to hear and know that you're not alone. And so if, yeah, if anything that I've shared and I've categorized these red flags and some different examples of gaslighting uh, actually at the bottom of this page, I don't know why I stopped where I did, but I began to just like categorize red flags that I overlooked and um, gaslighting examples. So I, I do want to share those in another episode but i guess how to how i want to finish this is that even from what i've shared if that you can recognize this in yourself the most important thing that you can do is ask yourself how this is making you feel um because we always have to come back to ourselves with these things if any of these uh behaviors or anything that you feel that you can relate to in some way you're like yeah i've had this this is, sounds very similar like ask yourself if these patterns are making you question yourself. Are you feeling hurt by this? Are you feeling manipulated? Are you constantly resorting to like Google to check in of like, 
what is this behavior? Why is this person doing this to me? What does this mean? You're leaving yourself. You're leaving your own feelings. You're, you're, you're going into your mind and you're trying to confirm or disconfirm a belief that you already have in your mind that you already know to be true, that your intuition is always already telling you. Um, so I just suggest tuning into, um, yourself, taking some time to reflect on the quality of a relationship dynamic and just checking in with how it's making you feel. And yeah, just know that these are sensitive topics. And the more that I share and unpack around narcissistic relationships, um, difficult relationship dynamics, some more of my own experiences, just know that if you yourself are in one, you've just gotten out of one, or you've had a few in the past, you have some family members and family dynamics that feel similar. Just know that this isn't your fault. And wherever you're at, change is always possible. There's always hope to disconnect, to leave, to support your nervous system during these processes of being either in these relationships or leaving and then healing your nervous systems after. So, I will leave that one here and yeah, I would love to know if any of these things resonated, stuck out Um, and I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. If anything I shared in today's episode has touched your heart or you feel cool to share with me any parts of your own personal journey, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me over on Instagram at I am Rachel Kelly. I'm sending you so much love and I'll see you in the next episode.